You're listening to Chris Carlin on 98.7 ESPN. It is Carlin with you for the next three hours, and we have got so much to do with what has been perhaps the greatest NFL first two days of a draft for the New York football teams that we have seen in years. 800-919-3776. Why are you excited? Do you love everything that's happened? Are you concerned about anything that has happened? We are loading the lines with you in just moments so start freaking dialing at 800-919-3776 we have got you covered we are going to tell you exactly what's going on as it happens the jets and the giants have some early picks here in the fourth round the jets only have two more picks as of right now for the rest of the day the giants have six more picks both of the jets picks come in the early part of the fourth round, getting as many quality players as they can. Absolutely love everything that's gone on there. Absolutely love most of what has gone on with the New York Giants. 800-919-3776. By the way, Twitter, you should be there as well. It is at Chris Carlin. And don't forget Instagram. And don't forget about TikTok at that guy Carlin. I got to tell you, my response to the last two days is a little Ric Flair. Woo! It is awesome what we have seen these couple of days. I don't know how you can feel otherwise right now. It is hard not to love everything that has happened at this NFL draft for the New York Jets and for the New York Giants. You know, from a Jet perspective... A lockdown corner who's going to shut down half the field, who is the closest thing to Darrell Revis that we've seen in a while, to a wide receiver who is a great, great talent that was so good between himself, between Chris Olave, between Smith and Jigba at Ohio State, that Jamison Williams, maybe the best of all of them, got run off to go play, oh, for the eventual national champion uh, runner-up in, in Alabama. I mean, it is absolutely remarkable what the Jets have accomplished, what the Giants have accomplished. And then for the Jets to get Jermaine Johnson later in that first round. Aggressiveness, going back up and making it happen. Moving back into the first round, not worried necessarily about getting volume of players, but about getting the best players that they can. Why they are sitting here with only two more picks, but they're both early in the fourth round. It's fantastic. And then yesterday, Brees Hall, the running back from Iowa State. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I've seen Brees Hall play very much. I haven't. What I can tell you is that Brees Hall is somebody that's highly regarded that many thought was a first-round pick and is the top running back that was in this entire draft. And that many teams were feeling good about him that the Jets felt the need to go get him. They were talking about going up to get him at the end of the first round when they got Jermaine Johnson. 
and they ended up going up and moving two spots to the Giants pick to make sure that they got him. I told you when the Jets hired Joe Douglas, this is the guy. And I'm telling you right now, this is the best draft we've seen in this town in a long time. And guys, I I get it. Well, we don't know. We have to see it. Listen, on paper, this is about as good as you could do. When they are talking about the winners of the NFL draft, they are talking about the New York Jets. They are not talking about the Jets being a big loser in the draft, as we have seen many, many times before. They are not talking about picking Christian Hackenberg in the second round. They are not talking about Kyle Brady. They are talking about everything that they have done right here. Enjoy that. Honor it. Love it. I know you're not used to it. Feel good. It's not a comfortable position to be in. Feel good. You're the Giants. You have the fifth and the seventh pick. And you go and you cover two big needs with two big-time players. Big-time players. Guys, Kayvon Thibodeau, you see the personality already. You see the production in college. You see what excitement he's going to bring to this. And you have to understand that this is a game-changing type player. And he's going to be somebody that is going to fit in this town like a glove. He is going to take every bit of it and embrace it. He is going to have a massive chip on his shoulder, and he is going to make it happen. And you look at Evan Neal. Guys, I've talked to people who know this guy. This has been what he has been focused on from the day that he stepped on the Alabama campus. He is somebody that was doing whatever he needed to do to help that team win by evidence by the 40 games he played in, and he played basically split up evenly between guard, right tackle, and left tackle. He is going to be slid in at right tackle, and you have your bookend tackles for the next 10 years between he and Andrew Thomas. And then, by the way, you go and you go get another offensive lineman in the third round. Joe Shane knows what he is doing. You are not used to this. He is not sitting here telling you that somebody was touched by the hand of God. He is not sitting here telling you that guys are going to be wearing a gold jacket. He is sitting here and getting Really, really good players. Evan Neal is as ready for the NFL as any offensive line prospect in a while. He just is. And he's going to be great. And he is probably a better person than a player, and that is truly saying something. These are all not comfortable positions to be in. I understand this. I understand that You have been waiting for the next shoe to drop. I understand, even if you're a Jet fan and you wanted to have the idea of getting, well, why can't we come up with 
making the deal for A.J. Brown when you look at what he went for. Okay. Okay, you couldn't make the Debo Samuel thing happen. Okay. This is as good as it gets. I am not somebody that wants to be an overstater, prone to hyperbole, but I did say this the other day, and I think what happened has me making has me feeling even better about what I'm about to say. Just to repeat it in case you didn't hear it when Chris and I were filling in for Greeny this week. When you look back in three to four years when the New York Jets are in the Super Bowl, you will look back at Thursday and Friday as the reason why. Zach Wilson, I know. But with everything that you did on Thursday and Friday, you got four cornerstone pieces for what could be a championship team. Not immediately, but not all that long either. I know what's going on in the AFC. Zach needs to put it all together. But the Jets have done everything possible in this draft to make it happen for him. You're listening to Chris Carlin on 98.7 ESPN. And I'm a fan of neither team. I got my Kenny Pickett. I got my George Pickens. We're doing great. We're doing great. But I'm more excited about what's going on here. And frankly, as they should be, it's Carlin, 9870 ESPN at 800-919-3776. I'm not wasting time. I'm bringing in Chris and Beth Page up first on 9870 ESPN. What do you got, dude? Hey, Chris. Hey, Chris. Uh, love the show. Um, I'm a big Giant fan, but I was just telling Ty. I know he's a big Jeff fan. That, that might be one of the greatest draft halls I've ever seen in my life. Uh, you know, really, honestly. And I think you're right. Um, the AFC is tough, but... Hey, last year the Jets beat the Bengals and the Titans in the regular season. So I'm just saying, like, you know, you know football. Anything can happen. I know the AFC stuff, but I think the Jets are going to be very competitive in that division this year. There's no doubt about it. I, I think, think they're going play. to be more competitive. I'm not going to say very competitive yet because with younger players, you're always going to go through some growing pains, and I don't expect anybody – to come in and be lights out immediately. But I do think you've got three guys in the first round, at the very least, who are going to be starters right away. Right. No doubt. No doubt. But I'm, I'm a Giant fan. I just want to talk quickly about the Giants. I, lo- I obviously loved what they did. And I know a lot of people questioned the, the picks yesterday. You know, they got a guy that was a lot like Kadarius Tony, which makes you wonder what they're going to, what they feel about Kadarius Tony. But you know what? I think, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs, if you look at them, obviously, you know, they have had a couple guys like Tyree Kill back there. You know what yeah. I mean? Those, those natty little players that you bring in and you can, they're almost interchangeable. So I think they're going to utilize both the guys. Like, I don't think it's an either or. I think there might be a time where you might see both Kadarius Tony and the, the kid uh, from, where is he from, Kentucky? Wondell Robinson uh, from Kentucky. Yeah. I think you're going to see, I think there's going to be a lot of times on the, Dable, you're going to see them both in the system. And uh, I like the pick. I know people questioned it. And uh, I just love everything this new regime's doing. It just feels like a, a different vibe we get from these guys trading back, acquiring more picks. And 
this this will be my last question, and I'll hang up. Where do you think they go today for the Giants? Like, what are the big needs you see them getting today? You know, I, I would not be surprised to see the Giants go a little bit more uh, defensive line, a little bit more on the defensive side. But the one thing I will say is this. I am not going to be shocked. The Giants have uh, picks here coming up at 112 and 114. And I am not going to be stunned if they take Sam Howell, the quarterback from North Carolina. We're at 109 right now with Seattle. So I'm trying to keep up as much as I can with the draft trackers and all that stuff, right? But we're at 112, and I have not seen him uh, taken as of yet. We're at 109, excuse me. Giants are at 112. So we'll keep an eye on that. Sam Howell was somebody that not too long ago, probably about a year, year and a half ago, could have been the number one overall pick as a quarterback, but you know how these times kind of play out. So I could see them taking a flyer here on Howell and not making it a bigger deal than that. You know, like, all right, he's got a chance. We'll we'll give him a look, but it doesn't mean that next year they're not going to be in the market if it's not happening for Daniel Jones. And look, if they like Howell, he could sit third string behind Tyrod Taylor this year. That wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. But we will keep an eye on all of this that goes on. Chris in Rockland County is next on 9870 SPN. Hey, Chris, what's going on? Hey, Chris, appreciate you taking the call. Yes, sir. Um, so I, I was kind of thinking along the similar lines as that last caller about the, uh, the wide receiver, Robinson. Uh, I, w- I was reading a lot about how a lot of Giants, because I'm a big Giants fan, I've loved what they've done so far, and I, I was reading how a lot of fans were upset with the pick, but I really think it's almost a statement and a message to Jones. Like, there are no excuses. You know, if if you have this guy who apparently, I don't know much about him, but from watching his tape last night and reading about him, he seems like a stud. And then we have Tony who, you know, we see. He caught he 104 passes in an offense that was not a, a terribly pass-happy offense. Yeah. So I think it's really it's it's kind of a message to to Jones and and even Barkley in a way like this is you know we got you your your lineman we got you another weapon you show us or you know that next year you're not going to be here I think it's I I love the pick I love the idea really just kind of see what you got and if he can't handle it he can't handle we know next year going in even though I think they're going to go quarterback anyway but you know this is what you get this is what you're going to try to do and if you can't do it you're not going to be here. Listen. As we have seen so many times before, when it comes to uh, a guy at quarterback who you are still trying to answer questions about in year four, you already have the answer. You just don't want to necessarily admit it quite yet. Now, for the Giants, it would not be a problem to admit, considering this uh, particular administration did not draft him. So... There's no harm when you have a weaker quarterback draft in giving him this coming year to try to prove himself one more time when you are improving the lineup around him. But for Jones, they said everything they needed to say the other day. Go out and prove it. Like, it's there for you, man. We're not picking up your fifth-year option, which was absolutely the right move in every single way. 
because all you need to do is look at what's going on with Sam Darnold and the Panthers right now, and they're on the hook for $20 million when they did not need to be. And so here they sit with having made that mistake, and now they are on the hook there. The Giants didn't do that. They said, hey, you want to go and be a guy that we're going to pay long-term? Go prove it to us. And we'll slap the franchise tag on you next year. We'll work out a long-term deal then. Go have a big year. Go stay healthy. All of these things are very fair. Joe in Harlem is next. Joe, you're on 98.7 ESPN. Garland, how are we doing today? I'm good, bud. How are you? I'm, I'm doing excellent. I'm a huge Giants fan. Very happy for the Jets, though. No hostility there. They had an excellent draft. We're going to talk a little bit about that wide receiver, but, you know, last couple callers talked about him. I want to talk about our first two picks and how at Giants practice, we're kind of going to have it. We're going to have a little steel sharpening steel uh, action going on with Thomas and Neal, and then going up against Thibodeau and uh, the outside linebacker from Georgia that we picked up last year. Oh, Jalari. I'm, I'm very excited for that. Oh, Jalari, yeah. exactly. Aziz. I think that's fair. So, and yeah. I, I think the thing that you would like about this is these are two premium positions. You know, they got their left tackle last year, and now they got a right tackle, or two years ago, now they got a right tackle this year. And I, I think you have to feel good about all of that. And then I, I think what you got was the premier pass rusher in this draft. Um, I, I, People could say whatever they want to say, but... All I heard leading up to the draft for weeks was this guy is a great, great pass rusher, and he's only behind Aiden Hutchinson. And then Trayvon Walker gets in the mix, who wasn't even really somebody that was talked about up until the last few weeks. Why that came up, I don't know. But what I do know is that with Kayvon Thibodeau, The Giants got a guy who has a chip on his shoulder and heard, frankly, that there was a little issue with his um, motor, so to speak, for a while leading up to the draft and did not love hearing that. And everyone I spoke to said, that's garbage. That's garbage. Do not expect it. The Jets have just made their first fourth-round pick At number 111, it is defensive tackle Max Mitchell from Louisiana, third-team All-American in 2021, uh, two-time first-team All, uh, what is that, the SWAC? I don't know. Um, But they, they pick a defensive tackle from Louisiana named Max Mitchell at number 111 in the fourth round. Uh, Two-time All-Sunbelt, First Louisiana offensive tackle selected since 1988 or 98. I don't know what that means. Okay, that's fine. But Max Mitchell from Louisiana is uh, the Jets' first pick in the fourth round. They have just two uh, picks today right now, and one of them was just that one. The other one is coming up at 117. The Giants are on the clock right now. Their pick uh, is reportedly in. So let's keep it right here 
while we wait to find out who their first fourth-round pick is. They have another one uh, a couple of picks away. Right now, let's hit Cullum in the Bronx up next. Cullum, what's going on, buddy? How are you? What's going on, Carlin? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. Okay, so um, I love the first-round draft picks with the Giants. I think, you know, when the Giants were winning Super Bowls, the number one thing that the Giants had was defensive line and offensive line. You have a good offensive line, it makes the running game easier, it makes the quarterback better, it makes the receivers get open easier because they have more time. You have a better defensive line, it makes your cornerbacks better because they don't have to guard so much. In the NFL nowadays, you look at Jalen Ramsey in the Super Bowl, who is arguably the, one of the best corners in football. He's getting smoked. It's really hard to guard these receivers nowadays in the NFL, so a better defensive line makes that quarterback have to throw it just that much sooner, and it helps the cornerbacks. Um, in this day four, what do you think? I don't really know about um, a lot of the tight ends, but I think the biggest need and the biggest vacant location right now for the Giants is tight end. Do you think they go with the tight end in these early fourth-round picks? Well, my friend, it's as if you are Kreskin because the Giants with pick number 112 just selected Daniel Bellinger, tight end, San Diego State. Uh, 68 career catches, 771 yards, five touchdowns. Don't know much about him other than what I just told you. So the Giants did go with a tight end with their first pick of the fourth round. So there you go. I think you have to feel, uh, at least from the positional standpoint, sure, it feels good considering that's what you were worried about. Good talk. We're going to keep you updated on all the picks going on. As we said, the Giants have one more uh, immediately in about two more picks. And then the Jets have another one coming here shortly. And then, uh, you know, the Giants have a bunch more. The Jets will be done after 117 unless they trade back up uh, to try to get another one. 800-919-3776. It's 800-919-ESPN. It is Carlin, all the Jets and Giants talking. For the Jets, as much as this is... A great, great couple of days. There is one thing that has now become abundantly clear about their future success. It's Carlin. I just want to ride the bike. On 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to Chris Carlin on 98.7 ESPN. At number 112, they took Daniel Bellinger, tight end from San Diego State. 68 career receptions, five touchdowns. And just now, two picks later, they took Dane Belton, safety from Iowa. First team all Big Ten last year, had five interceptions this past season, uh, only five of his career. But, you know, in looking at it, this guy played an awful lot uh, in his uh, three years at Iowa. And uh, listen, pretty impressive. You have five interceptions in a season. That's impressive stuff, especially from the safety spot. And also had seven pass breakups this year. So the Giants take uh, Dane Belton, 6'1", 205 from Iowa. As we said, five picks on the season. 800-919-3776, 800-919-ESPN. What do you love about what the Jets and Giants have done? And what do you not like if there's anything? I mean, please tell me if there's anything. What am I missing? Because if there is, enlighten me.
Joel and Law on the LIE. Oh, God. Godspeed, Joel. What's up? You know, just living the life, enjoying traffic. Uh, <laughs> how you doing, Chris? I'm uh, good. How are you, bud? I'm all right. With the Giants, like, but a lot of people didn't like from what I was seeing, like, on community boards and online with uh, yesterday's picks. But, like, they didn't know these people. So, you know, they're used to trying to kill for get, get killer names and stuff like that. But when I saw the, the little clip that the Giants put up of Shane calling um, Wayndale Robinson, he said, like, hey, we spoke about how we're going to use you. I can't wait to get you in the building. They have plans. This is unlike the last few regimes where they're just drafting names. These guys have plans with these players that they're selecting on how to use them. And I think that's the biggest difference with the Giants now compared to what we've been at. What do you think, Chris? Listen, I think that's definitely fair. And I, 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 you have faith in who's running the show right now. You do. And... I think when you look at Joe Shane and you look at Brian Dable, you know, I don't want to go back to this whole thing that, you know, the mess that we saw with um, Dave Gettleman, right? But I, I think back to what he said when he hired um, Pat Shermer. It's, you know, we have the adult in the room. I got to be honest, like this feels like we have the adults in the room that, don't get flabbergasted by anything that's going on. Maybe, listen, we're not going to really learn about that until the season gets going, but I feel like you have somebody in Shane who understands what he's doing, somebody that has put in a lot of time to be in this position and has a lot of good people around him, and it's hard for me to not uh, to argue with what he has done so far. And look, for whatever we want to say about Gettleman, Getting the extra first-round pick last year was a good thing. Now, Kadarius Tony is a whole nother discussion, but getting the extra first-round pick as opposed to, you know, moving back and letting the Bears get Justin Fields to get the first-round pick, there was good value on his part. So it put the Giants in a good position to have two top 10 picks this year, and while they may have wanted to trade out of them, when that did not become available to them, they got two really, really good players. Evan Neal, I'm I'm very excited about. From people I've talked to, I, I am convinced that he is the most complete offensive lineman in this draft. And I've talked to a couple the last few days, guys who would know. And not anybody that works for the team, trust me. These were things that I reached out about Prior to the draft, 800-919-3776. Muhammad, Long Island. Muhammad, what's going on? How are you? How are you doing, Carla, man? Thanks for taking my call. I um, I love the picks that the Jets did on the, uh, day one. Mm-hmm. I just I went into the draft hoping that we'd get Neil because of all the reports that were out there about Beckton. So I'm interested to hear your perspective about you know Beckton and his relationship with the Jets as of today after the draft. Thank you. Well, I I think it's a couple of things. Number one, it tells you that they are comfortable with where he is at mentally, that they didn't want to do that. I would have been absolutely fine with taking Evan Neal or Aquanu, for that matter, at the pick. I think they're both going to be very good. I think Neal will be better. I would have been totally fine with that. But this is a position at corner 
where we have seen up close and personal the difference that he can make. We we saw it with Darrell Revis, and I think with Sauce Gardner, we have the chance to see it again. I mean, even when he's going up against big-time talent, you are seeing him produce, and that's exciting to me. That's exciting to me. And it feels like that it was a guy, if you listen to Michael's interview with him yesterday, it was somebody that fell into it but was meant to do it. Because he was talking about his high school days and that he was a wide receiver and he got thrown into the fire when the corner and the safety on his team ran into each other and got hurt and they didn't have anybody else. So they took a guy who was a receiver and threw him out there and he lit it up as a defensive back. And he's never looked back. See, to me, that means you found somebody that was meant to do what they're doing now. And what he did at Cincinnati was absolutely fantastic. I could not be more excited about that pick. I wouldn't, I would not have blinked an eye had the Jets taken another offensive lineman. But they apparently are comfortable with where Becton is at, and they like George Fant. So Becton gets another shot here, but hey, Mackay, it's time to wake up and stop showing up fat. I know the irony of me saying that, but it's true. You know, be in shape, be ready to go, be ready to be as good as you told us you were going to be. Because right now, out of those four offensive linemen that were taken, you're fourth. I mean, remember, he was taken in front of Tristan Wirfs, who the Buccaneers had and basically turned him into a terrific, terrific player on their line. He, I don't know they turned him into that. He was one at Iowa already, and he stepped in and was a vital piece of their offensive line at right tackle. Vital. And then you look at the other guys. Jedrick Wills has been very good. And Andrew Thomas, who I think going in, we all thought was probably fourth out of the group, has really started to develop and take positive steps forward, especially as last season went along. And I think it's a position we all feel good about now. And the Giants can have their bookends now for a long, long time. So what they did with Gardner, great. I would have been okay with Neal, and you put him at right tackle, and here we go. But I think you have to like everything that's gone on. I don't know how you can't. Oof. I got goosebumps. Here's the lesson in all this. What do we have here in terms of the people that are involved in this? We have big guys who are bald with beards. That's what we've got. You know what we are? We're grinders. We get it done. Yeah, we might choose a meatball sub late at night if we haven't had a chance to eat, and it's not the best selection. But as far as building a football team, you're going to trust guys that look like us. John in Jersey is next, 9870 ESPN. Johnny, what up, baby? Hey, Carlin. Thanks for taking my call. How you doing? Good. How you doing? Good. I uh, wanted to talk a little bit about the uh, how Douglas has been doing. I think that he's been doing great. Uh, it's really nice to see in the fourth round him get one of his guys. You know, he wants to get those offensive linemen. And uh, 
you know, what I'm reading on ESPN.com is this Max Mitchell guy is really suited for for zone blocking schemes, which is yeah, it's a defensive is, line. He's offensive tackle. Yeah, yeah, uh, all good. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's he's a zone blocker, and that you know that's something that's going to be helping Lafleur as well. But Douglas, you know, he gets his guy in the fourth. We'll see what they're going to get soon. But uh, you know, in the first round. I, I kind of wanted Thibodeau until I got a better understanding of his personality. You know, I, I, I'm I'm not too sure how that would fit in, you know, with the Robert Sala philosophy, um, you know, with the Giants. I think that they got a lot of talent there and um, it'll be interesting to see how that fits. But Douglas gets, gets sauce, you know, that's going to help out Sala. You know, we, we all talk about trying to give, you know, Zach Wilson all the help that he can get, but you know, Sala's a young coach, so he needs some help too. You know, we get we get the wide receiver Wilson for for Zach and Lafleur. You know, we get Johnson the second. That's helping out Salah's defensive line, and then Brees Hall. You know, getting that ground game going for Zach Wilson is a, you know is another element. I'm seeing right now that they got Michael Clemens out of Texas A&M defensive yep. end, and you know that's another Salah, a Robert Salah look. You know, he wants that defensive line. So I think Douglas is really hitting this out of the park. This is this is great stuff. Uh, listen, there's a lot to feel good about. The Jets just took Michael Clemens, a defensive lineman, Texas A&M. So uh, he's a defensive end. So they got another guy on the outside. They got another offensive tackle to add some depth at that position. And listen, who knows if Max Mitchell turns into something. Uh, you have to love the fact that while they didn't take Evan Neal, they certainly did not screw around with taking uh, a tackle to add to that uh, depth that was necessary. And I'm just going to take a look at uh, what we got on um, the kid that was just taken, the defensive end, Clemens. Uh, let's see. Michael Clemens this past year, seven sacks, second on the team to DeMarvin Leal, who had eight and a half. He went to Pittsburgh. So seven sacks for Michael Clemens at Texas A&M. Again, SEC uh, this past year and by far his best season. So, look, you love that. You love that. Had three and a half against LSU. You love that. Ooh. Against the really good competition, stepped up three and a half sacks against LSU. Wow. 800-919-3776, 800-919-3776, 800-919-ESPN. So many good things to talk about out of this draft for these two teams. The Jets right now are theoretically done for the day because at least in terms of the draft, then they got the you know the free agents later on. But uh, they have no more picks at the moment unless they trade a pick or two from next year to get back into this draft. But I like the fact that they were focused on getting as many quality guys at the top of the draft as they could, and they were going to be good with that. You're listening to Chris Carlin on 98.7 ESPN. I'm waving the pom-poms. I'm that fired up for what has happened with these two teams. It's pretty, pretty, pretty nice to be able to feel good about what has gone on. When was the last time that you felt this good in the middle of the draft about what's happened. It's it's kind of been a while, hasn't it? Like everything that happened for the Jets the other day, as Ira pointed out earlier, 
I mean, you're thinking all the way back to 2000. And yes, it is the amount of first round picks that you have. But getting three first-round picks, being aggressive. I mean, you heard, Rich, earlier that the Jets from 15 on were trying to move back up and go get Jermaine Johnson because they felt that strongly about him. And they were finally able to do it at 26. And, you know, for me, that's that's absolutely fantastic to see them be that aggressive to try to make something like that happen. And there was the idea of trying to trade back up to get Brees Hall into that first round. They weren't able to do that, but they ended up moving up far enough to make sure that they got him in the second round, which was only a couple of more picks. Giants are on the clock right now in the fifth round, and in just a few moments, we'll see who they're taking. We did find out a couple of minutes ago, Sam Howell is no longer there for the taking. Giants at 146 right now, and at 144, the Washington Commanders picked Sam Howell, the quarterback from North Carolina. So you would expect the Giants to be uh, out of the quarterback market if they weren't already for good at this point. We'll get you caught up on who they pick in just moments. 800-919-3776. Let's get to Mitch in East Windsor because he has some interesting points to bring up. Mitchell, what's going on? Mitch. Interesting. Good take. Solid. I actually, For the first time like ever, I actually went there and teased what a caller had to say in making a point. He said, at least on my screen, it said, the Giants need to release Daniel Jones right now. Ooh, intriguing. Why do you think that's the case? Mm. All right, Mitch. Doors open for you to call back now that I teased it for Pete's sake. How about Danny in Long Island? Danny, what's going on, bud? How are you? Yes, hi, uh, Chris. Uh, you said about uh, gentlemen putting a Hall of Fame jacket on Barkley. I, I know it's your company, but didn't they do, your company do the same thing last night, put a Hall of Fame jacket on Wilson, comparing him to Lynn Swan? I mean, didn't these guys watch Lynn Swan play in a playoff Super Bowl? And they they put it on who? They compared him to Lynn Swan. Compared who to Lynn Swan? Wilson, the, the wide receiver. For the Jets. Garrett the Jets, Wilson, right? okay. Yes, and with Gardner, are you a little concerned about his health? He's fantastic, and he didn't let up any touchdowns. But are you concerned yeah, about? Yeah, I, I gotta hang up, Danny, because your phone stinks. I can't make out a thing that you're saying. Didn't you have a whole terrible program with a gold jacket? Well, uh, first of all, my uh, company here, not a GM of a team, so you know, we generally give opinions publicly in evaluating how the draft is going. It's called television. Do you know what that is? Okay, go out there, say what you think. And now you're going to say that it's the same as Dave Gettleman putting the gold jacket on Saquon Barkley. Mm-hmm. Not quite the same. Not quite. Ray and Queens. Ray, 
bring me back because I have to tell you, so far, this segment, most disappointing of the show. In fact, it sucked. Go, Ray. <laughs> What's going on, Chris? I'll do, I'll do my best. I thought I was going to come on a uh, commercial break or two prior. You had some J. Cole going. I'm, I'm in Queens. I was feeling good. And then you had Jordan come on. Uh, so that was, that was great to, to hear him talk about the Giants. But I'll piggyback off of that. Um, I thought that I'll start by saying I thought they, they knocked it out the park in the first round, no doubt about it. But I'll I will nitpick a little bit. Okay. Um, and since then, I thought that defensive back uh, uh, was a major need coming into this offseason. I know all the James Bradbury talk and and guys like Jordan know much more about what's happening with that than I do. I know it's uh, a numbers game. Uh, they're just going to they just don't want to pay him as much as Gettleman and the old regime agreed with. Uh, I understand, so I thought that Gordon out of Washington, Booth out of Clemson would have been great picks uh, to start the second round. Instead, they moved back uh, to someone like myself that doesn't watch college football religiously out here in New York. Uh, Robinson is a relative uh, unknown, I'd say, especially understanding or, fair. or sure. recognizing, recognizing the, the, the top-tier guys. So I thought that that might have been a mishap. And then uh, just... Oh, with the tight end, I, I know they did pick one up, but Jelani Woods out of Virginia was really the guy I was hoping that they would snag. But they, they passed on him, um, and I think he's going to do great for the Colts, who are my dark horse Super Bowl uh, contenders this, this year. Um, and I thought Woods at his size, uh, it would have been tough to, to throw a ball uh, somewhere where he couldn't get it, and then also in the run blocking. So, again, I thought the Giants knocked out the park. I'll give the Jets and the Eagles a little credit, too. Uh, as much as I can, because I thought that they've also done a hell of a job. Uh, Eagles have draft, taken control of the NFC East. You think so? You I think do. So? I do. I think the Eagles have taken control of the NFC East by virtue of getting A.J. Brown the other day. I, I think Jordan Davis is a solid pick for them. Um, I felt like they maybe should have been talking more about uh, uh, picking a corner or picking somebody that would have been much better in terms of uh, just an overall defensive player that's not just in the middle of the defense, a guy that can do a lot more than that. I, I For me, I, I thought it was okay, but the bigger thing was that they went and got A.J. Brown. We lost you. Um, you know, on the giant front, I, I I feel pretty good about where they went here. I think you have to because – this is one of those situations where, first of all, on offense, you, you need as many playmakers as you can get, and you need offensive linemen, and they addressed both those positions uh, very, very well in the first three rounds. I mean, taking Neal was a fantastic move. He is plug-and-play, right tackle, let's go, and he's going to be really good for a long time. They brought in more depth with the Zudu at guard. They got a pass rusher in Thibodeau on the outside. And Robinson, look, say whatever you want. The guy caught 104 passes in the SEC this year for an offense that is not necessarily one that is pass happy all the way. That's that's not a chuck it all over the lot offense. So when you factor in all those things, I think they've done pretty well. I think they've done pretty well. I don't know how Cordell Flott is. I can't sit here and tell you uh, that I can feel great about that. I mean, he comes from a big-time program. 
and LSU. So let's see how that works. But it, it to me, is one of those things where it you're just going to have to wait and see. When we get to these later rounds of these guys we haven't seen, we just don't know. But I think with what they did in the first three rounds, there's a lot of optimism there for me. 800-919-3776, 800-919-ESPN. How do you feel right now about where the Jets are? Have the Jets taken a step forward here in that maybe they're not as far off as we all think if Zach Wilson actually becomes the quarterback we expect him to be? And are the Jets a lot further along than the Giants? Are the Jets closer to contending in a tougher AFC now than the Giants? 